Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K Challenge, a 12-week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. Goodness gracious, it's week number five of the Run for God Challenge, the 5K Challenge here. Welcome back to week five. Yeah, the workouts are getting a little tougher, but guess what? So are you. And hopefully it's getting a little bit easier. And if you want it to be easier, download the Run for God app. It'll help you on these training runs. It'll help you with your accountability. It'll even give you a a link. You can listen to music, all sorts of things on there. Thank you so much for sticking with us so long, uh, this long. This is a really tough undertaking. But that's what makes it worth all the effort. Um, I'm here once again, Mitchell Hollis, Dean Thompson, and uh, we're also uh, joined by our fr- our friend and physical therapist and coach Andy Meyer, uh, who's the coach of the UTC cross country team and uh, uh, track team and things. And uh, before we jump into the, today's curriculum, there was one injury. We talked about injury in the last week. If you missed that, go back and listen to week four. But Andy, one of the injuries which you said is probably one of the most popular injuries for runners, is that runner's knee. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's we get just a generalized pain on the outside um, or the inferior portion of your kneecap. And, and again, it's it's almost like IT band. It's a, it's a badge of honor. You really can't consider yourself a runner until you've had that. <laughs> and, and every runner's had it. Um, uh, and it, we, we see it, it's more prevalent among females than it is males. Um, but it, it's simply an, an, an overuse injury where you're doing too much too soon. Um, and, and, and just like Mitchell and Dean said, you, you just got to stay with the plan. Don't don't forge ahead with the plan. Um, but on, on females especially, there, it's an alignment issue. We, we talked about getting a, a biomechanical analysis. Um, uh, do you prone uh, especially heavy pronators have this because it just it, it causes the knee to basically cave in um, and the knee uh, the, the quad is pulling that kneecap straight up and it's going to take the straightest line and if your knees what we call valgus or, or, or caved in then it's going to pull it right up the lateral part of okay. that groove and, you, and and that's where you get that the uh, aggravation um, on that and uh, the biggest thing that that we see with this is is significant ham tightness and and we're going to be talking about stretching so sure. this is perfect ham hamstring tightness uh, calf tightness um, also uh, hip weakness glute weakness um, th- there's kind of a big key um, a, a big term that's ha- Come around in the last four or five years of, of glute activation um, and and quad strengthening. Um, uh, you you need to again see a good physical therapist. But if you, if you'll work on your weaknesses, if you'll stretch, you'll strengthen your quads, your hips, your glute. Again, this should be something that in two weeks is gone. Good deal. All right, so we're we, he just talked about it. We're going to be talking about stretching and core exercises today. But Mitchell, what else? What are some other things that we're going to be talking about today? Well, I mean, back on the stretching and core exercises, you know, all these things are, are things that you need to do to to make your run more enjoyable and to stay healthy. You know, I tell my son, make sure you're doing the things. And by things, I say, you know, what makes you a runner is is the running. Yeah. But what makes you a successful runner? are the things. It's the stuff you do outside of the run, the stretching, the core exercises, which we're going to be talking about today. It's taking care of your body. And and like I said, these are just things that are going to make you healthy, injury-free, and, and enjoy the run. And then we're going to be talking about a story um, from one of our one of our um, great instructors, Linda Noel out of Missouri. Uh, she's, go, she's going to be talking about a story uh, that she wrote called The Hurrier I Go, The Behinder I Get. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me remind you about the class materials. In fact, Linda's story is in the book, in the Run for God 5K Challenge book. If you haven't already purchased them, go to runforgod.com right now and get yours today and check out all the other incredible items that are there to help you be successful in this running uh, um, sport and also in this lifestyle. You know, it's expensive to keep a ministry going and to produce materials, including this podcast. And so the purchase of anything from the Run for God store helps this podcast and this ministry to keep spreading the word of God to the running and the wannabe running community. All right, Mitchell, so let's jump into that story that you were uh, kind of uh, teasing us with there from Coach Linda. Well, like I said, Linda, she she made the title of this story. It's actually a quote that was uh, attributed to Lewis and Carol. The quote's over 150 years old, uh, but it's actually said in Alice in Wonderland, um, ironically enough. Um, but the story is Linda talks about one of her classes. Um, they were running their graduation race, and one of the ladies come up to her after the race, and, and she said it It seemed like she was going so fast, and up ahead you guys were in front of me, and it looked as if you were going slow. And she thought, I just knew that if I sped up that I would catch you guys. But it seemed like the, the faster she ran, the slower she got, and the further you know, everybody moved ahead of her and i yeah. think it's just a it's it's a it's a it's a trap that we all fall into and it's the trap of comparing ourselves to other people yeah and i've been there too in, in races uh, and in life both uh where it just seems like the harder you work the the slower you become and uh long races where you'll you'll hear those miles click off and each one gets a little bit slower and you're like wait a minute this is so much harder than it was a couple of miles ago and it's yeah. getting harder um, it's it's tough. Yeah, and in a, in a race, especially, you know, um, it's so easy to get discouraged. You know, Dean and Andy, these guys, they run up there with the fast guys. I'm I'm back with the slow guys. But even there, it's so it's so easy to get discouraged because you think, man, that person's so fast. They they make it look so easy. And, and what we tell all of our kids, we have some some really fast kids on this triathlon team, and a lot of times they're up at the front, and I they fall into that trap. They think that the guy next to them or the girl next to them man, they're making it look so easy and they're just ahead of me, but we tell them they're struggling too. Always remember they're hurting just as bad as you are. I'll never forget one time I was at the track and I was doing a workout and I was doing repeat 400s and I was I was hurting. And there was a guy standing next to the track and as I finished one of them, he looked at me and says, boy, you make that look so easy. And all I could think was, oh my goodness, if you only knew how bad this hurts. Right. You know, we, I think we've all had that experience in running or other things in life where we seem to be going backwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I guess society calls it keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, it, no, it, it, it doesn't matter what you do, what you buy, how fast you get. There's always somebody faster, and we make the mistake too many times of always focusing on that person. And, and we'll never be satisfied, we'll never have peace as long as we're focusing on other people rather than what God is doing in our lives and where God is leading us to go. Run our own race. Right, exactly. And it runs the gamut too, doesn't it, from age standpoint. It's kids all the way up through adults. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're all in that same mold and all trying to strive to go somewhere where God may not intend us to go. Scripture verse of the day, Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Well, I'm going to go to Proverbs 4, 25 through 26, if that's okay, because I love this verse, and it, and it really it really nails what we're talking about here. Proverbs 4, 25 and 26 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. 
ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. And what God's telling us here is, is, Ted, you just said it. Run your own race. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Yes, it's okay to use other people to motivate you, but don't don't set your goals based on other people. There's a there's a triathlete turned marathoner. Uh, her name is Gwen Jorgensen, and I love what she said one time. She said, "I don't make outcome goals," and by that she means. You know, she she was a, an Olympic gold medalist in the sport of triathlon, but her goal was not to be an Olympic gold medalist. Actually, a, a magazine published a, a story one time in which they they put those words in her mouth, and she really got upset about it because she said, "I don't make outcome goals. She makes process goals, and that I'm going to do this, this, and this in my race. And as long as as I do those things as part of my race, then I will have hit my goal." Because if you make outcome goals, if you make, um, I want to be first, sure. then, you're, then you're always opening yourself up for disappointment. But if you make process goals, and it's exactly what Proverbs is saying here, look, look straight ahead, look at what you're doing here, um, and, and there's just a lot more peace and a lot more joy, um, and a lot of times you'll hit your goals more effectively. Yeah, and when we're focused on what he wants us to do, then we're more effective for him, and so we're... I guess we're all valuable to him, but we're more valuable when we're doing what he wants us to do. You know, it's not about living a good life or or living a bad life. It's about living the right life, the one that God has mapped out for each and every one of us along the way. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about stretching and core strengthening with Coach Andy and Dean. Mitchell's story of how Run For God started is being distributed around the world and changing lives. And guess what? Your story could do the same. You can walk through a simple process of filming your own story on the Big Share app. Available now in your app store. So we're going to get into stretching first. Andy, I've watched pets stretch when they get it from a nap. My wife has, uh, uh, and I say this correctly, my wife has four dogs at our house, uh, and and they'll all do that. The chihuahuas will just stretch out there before they get up. Seems I was like trying really... to figure out where the pet and your wife thing yeah. connection yeah. was going to be. Uh, <laughs> they're hair dogs, and uh, it's just it seems like a natural thing to do stretching. Yeah, it, it, it is natural. It's necessary and it's essential um, for injury prevention and, and to be able to execute your, your workout to the, the best of your ability. You have so, to do it. So some of our, our participants here in this course for now, for four or five weeks, we've been telling them to make sure you stretch, make sure you stretch. And they're like, okay, I hope I'm doing it right. Are there different types of stretching? What can we do? Yeah, there, there's three active um, dynamic and, and static, and they all have their purpose um, when executed at the right time. And so what are some things we should not do as it relates to stretching? Never, just like you said, don't get off the uh, uh, couch after your nap and immediately go into stretching. You know, you need to do some kind of small warm-up activity. Um, definitely never stretch cold muscles. Okay. Let's go back to that uh, static, active, and dynamic. Explain that. Kind of break that down for uh, uh, mom or whoever it is that's taking the course here may not understand that. Yeah. Um, First, uh, a static is taking a uh, muscle and stretching it for a period of time. And that's, 
you know, back in, in in our days, that was usually the method before you ran. That was just – you all met at, in your old gym class. Before gym class, everybody was on the gym floor, and you went through a series of stretches. They had you out there. You went through these stretches. Um, and more research has come out is that's actually the stretching you should do after, after um, – uh, you get done running. Yeah. Uh, it should be done at the end of a rehab session, um, because what, what what you're trying to do is actually lengthen the the length of a, uh, of the muscle, um, and so that's a type of stretch that needs to be held for 20, 30. Um, we even go upwards of 45 seconds, um, and then you look at an active stretch, and an, an active stretch is just basically something you're doing in a stretch position. Um, and you know that's necessary. Um, there's, you know, it's not from a rehab standpoint. It, it, it's not a real big stretch. Um, it's that that is more something that you want to have um, uh, a range of motion for your daily activities of living. Um, and then we get into dynamic stretch, and that's something that's really come on, what would you guys say, in the last 15 years, yeah, 10, probably. 15 yeah. years, where there's a series where you actually do that before you begin your workouts. Um, and we typically all do uh, about five minutes of very, very easy running. And what I mean easy running, like 40% of, of, of a, an aerobic pace. So it's almost just like a, uh, what we call a shakeout job, jog. And then we go straight into the, uh, a series of dynamic stretches before. Now, as I understand it, there's some controversy that surrounds the different types of stretching that you're talking about there. Are there, I guess you'd say, definitive answers to those controversies or – is some of that just opinion? Some of it's just opinion. Um, they're, they're, you know, generally the research that we, we've seen is dynamic is good for before, static is good for uh, after. And if you need to do some stretching, the act of stretching during, uh, like if you need to stop um, at, at a, st- a stoplight. You, a lot of times you'll see people at a stoplight don't know, and they'll do some kind of act of stretching. Basically, we're just kind of maintaining your range of motion. I mean, there's a proper time. Is one stretch better for you than another? It just depends on if you're injured, if you're not injured, um, and, and, and where you're at with your training. Yeah, Ted, I think as far as the controversy goes, I think there is a lot of controversy. There's a lot of opinions. You can you can read a, a case study at this university, and then you can read another case study here. But I think one thing everybody agrees on is you need to stretch, Yeah, period. Got to do it. Yep. Dean, what are your thoughts on stretching with you? Well, just, just like – Andy said uh, the dynamic stretching beforehand, and and then the the static stretching afterhand. I find the static stretching afterhand after a run or any kind of run is important because as you run, you're shortening those muscles. You know, you're contracting them over and over again, and so those muscles are getting shorter and shorter. And so it's important to lengthen those things back out when you get through. Hey, guess what? In that Run for God curriculum, the book we've been telling you that you can get online at runforgod.com, there are some stretches in the book. Um, are those the best stretches to use? Not necessarily. Um, they can be. Uh, it depends on the person. We, we've put a, a sample in there. There are obviously uh, probably thousands of stretches out there. Um, we've put stretches in there that stretch all the major muscle groups, which is important to make sure that you hit every muscle group. So um, these are certainly good enough for most people. Um, certainly, if you're just beginning, these are great. 
um, if if you want to be more competitive and do some other things, then then there's other resources to find that. So, Coach Andy, how do I find out what stretches are effective for me? Do your athletes on your teams have different stretches for them? They do, and you need to be um, – uh, know your injury history. Have you had a tight back? Then you want to spend a little bit more time on some back stretches and some hamstring stretches. Uh, does your Achilles bother you? Have you had some plantar fasciitis? Well, then you need to spend a little bit more time um, on the lower leg stretching. Um, and just like Dean said, uh, you know, the the stretches um, are great um, for general, but you, you need to know what your personal injury history is and then kind of adapt some stretches off of that yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of things in this book that that aren't in here like uh, for instance my son you know andy talked about in the in last week um the it band syndrome well, well there's really no stretches in here that covers it band syndrome type stretches um but so so that's what andy's saying if you, if you have an injury if you know that that you struggle with with IT band problems, then you, you you need to go to those resources and find those stretches. That, but the stretches that are in this book are your basic big muscle groups, ready to start a five k program type stretches. We go through a, a routine very similar to this after. Uh, about three times a week, sometimes four times a week after our runs. And then certain athletes that we have that have an injury history or are coming off an injury, they have another set on top of these as well. Gotcha. Dean, anything you'd like to add to as far as stretching goes? Well, a, a few things that are that are major issues for stretching. One one is that stretching shouldn't hurt. I see people trying to push a stretch so far that it gets painful and that's that's just too far when you yeah. get there. So, you get to the point where you can feel it and then if you can feel it, that means it's working. So, stop there and, and hold it there, especially with static stretching. Um you can stretch too much. Andy said that just a few minutes ago. If you if you stretch too much, you can cause more damage than you can help. Um, a matter of fact, I personally had a, a situation with a hamstring just a couple of years ago where um, I, I was stretching and I was stretching and I was stretching and it just wasn't getting any better. And I talked to a guy and a guy goes, "Try stop. Try to stop stretching it." And I did. And two weeks later, it was <laughs> so much better. Yeah. Um, so you can overstretch certainly. Um, and then the, the the last thing is is when you do stretches, do them right. I am constantly getting on to our athletes about the form that they use when they do their stretches to make sure that they do them with the proper form. Because if you don't do them right, you're not stretching the, the right muscle in the right way. And you could lead to injury too. Yep. So I, I, want, I want to bring up something to Andy and, and tell me, him tell me if I'm on the right track here. But I was talking to an orthopedist um, a couple years ago, actually when Lane started having – my son when he started having some problems with his IT band syndrome and and he was really telling my son he was probably 14 at the time the importance of stretching and how the importance increases as we get older and he said a lot of times you'll you'll notice and he, he used football as a great example he said you know you look at it you go to a high school football game and you see the athletes out there and they're stretching for 10 minutes and then they're out there playing all out playing football and they're fine then you go to a college football game and you, you see that the athletes are out there for 45 minutes stretching, and then they go out and they play their game. He said, but if you've ever been to a pro game, you notice those athletes, they'll get there two hours early, and they'll be stretching for an hour sometimes. And he was just really illustrating the fact that the stronger you get and the older you get increases um, the importance of a stretching routine. And, and I know most of our uh, people listening to this are not um, not in their youth anymore. So uh, the, incre the increased age uh, just increases the 
the need for stretching. Yeah, it certainly does. There's been some research that's shown as as we get older, our 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 tendons especially um, lose some of the viscosity. They become a little bit more brittle, so it's hard. So it takes longer to get the same effect. Um, and then also after we're done, the, the the sooner you shut it off. If you don't allow, think of stretching a muscle. This is what I have our kids do and imagine is take a wet towel, and after a meet or after a workout, that that wet towel, you know, kind of is your muscle. And then when you stretch, if you've ever taken a wet towel and you pull it tight, you notice the water drips out of it. It, it, it rings it. And that's the same effect, especially as we get older with the uh, static stretching afterwards, because then you, you get all those metabolites. You, you get everything that's, that's uh, been in that muscle out and you your, your your heart rate's still up so then you turn around and you're pumping fresh oxygen you're uh, uh, pumping fresh newtons nutrients into that muscle to aid uh, and speed the recovery hmm. so again most of our most of our participants here have been with us now for five this is our fifth week how what would you wrap up with about stretching andy what do they need to know know when to do what stretch uh, again start out with dynamic um, as Dean has explained before, um, you know, do some active if you have to stop during your workout. And then after your workout, get into the static. And with the static, make sure you hold that stretch for 20, 30, even to 45 seconds because there's some reflexive um, – You've got to override um, that if if you only hold it for five, ten seconds, you, you're wasting your time. You've got to allow the body to, to feel that stretch. Just like Dean said, you need to feel it. You need to, It doesn't need to be painful, but you need to feel it for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, and that's one thing I was going to ask, Andy, is, is how much is too much? Because I've seen a lot of people brand new to the sport, and you, you hear them moaning and groaning while they're stretching, and you're like, I think you're doing that too hard. It, it kind of explain the intensity. Yeah, Dean brought it up. Perfect point. On a scale of one, let's say, uh, use the one to 10 scale like we did uh, in the previous podcast. It should be about a three. If you're a four or five, you're grunting, you're carrying on, and it's it, it's painful, you're probably going to tear that muscle if you keep on doing it. And then, you know, that's the opposite of what we want to do. You should feel it. You know, it should be gentle. It should be a gentle, prolonged stretch, um, pain scale of, of no more than three, absolutely no more than three, that you're holding it for, for 30 seconds or so. should be a pull, not a pain. A pull, not a pain. Yeah. That's perfect. So you may have just learned more about stretching than you ever thought you would. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about something that's just as important, maybe more, and that's core strength. Maybe one of the things that you look forward to the most as you're running, as you're learning to run, is how God speaks to you through music. Well, we've got the perfect way for you to do that. It's called J Radio. It's a music streaming platform with positive music and a whole variety of genres that will motivate you to keep running. You want to run to praise and worship music? We got that. You want to run to the top 40 Christian music? We've got that. You want to mix it up a little bit? We've got that too. Check out all the playlists there to keep running at jradio.com or in your app store. So we've talked a lot about stretching, but runners also like to talk about core strength. What in the world does that mean, and what do we want? What do we want with it? How do we want to do it, Andy? 
Well, your core, what they're referring to is basically the old crunches, your, your abdomen, your, your midsection from basically your hips to your armpits. And that is very important section, what we talked, just like we talked about um, previously in the previous podcast, um, your core is, for most people, is the weakest link in their uh, anatomical biomechanical chain. And so the energy that, that you generate through running is lost in that weakest length. So the stronger you are, the, the, the better form you can maintain, um, the longer you can run, the better it feels. Yeah. Okay, so that takes a lot of time, I'm sure. I know that I, I have worked whole workouts where it's just core workouts and ab workouts in the gym. If I'm already running, how in the world am I going to fit more workout time into my schedule? Well, it really doesn't take a whole lot of time. And, um, you know, Dean being a coach as well and, and Mitchell coaching the triathlon kids, we all use it. It's, it's, it's something that has is, is become a necessary evil now. Um, but it doesn't have to take – you can do it, like, right after workout. You can do it before workout. I, I know we personally we, – we go through about four times a week. We do two um, 15, 10 to 15-minute sessions, depending on how mad I am. As um, <laughs> a collegiate coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two, two 10 to 15-minute sessions where, we, that, where that's all we, we concentrate on. And then we turn around and have t- two more times a week when we're in our weight room, the last part of it uh, of, of our strengthening program. And so the, our kids are getting it. Uh, four times a week, uh, a couple times for 10 to 15 minutes, a couple times for about five to seven minutes. And I'm sure that a coach would say, you know what, you really don't have time not to not to do that, not to work on your core workouts, because it's a whole lot less time than it is to rehab an injury, I'm sure. Dean, what about you? When do you do core work? Well, I, I'm a coach like Andy, and so I do it a lot of times with the team that I coach. I, I do it with them. And we our, our frequency is pretty close to this. We, t- we spend about the same total amount of time. We do it in three days instead of four, but it's, uh, it's about the same amount of time. It's not long. Yeah. I mean, it's a total of maybe 45 minutes for a whole week, sure. um, and it's so valuable. And, and ab, abs, people don't realize this, but you can overtrain abs too. And I've found that out in the gym, if, and you'll feel that from time to time. And uh, so you've got it. Again, it doesn't take that long to work those muscles there. They're such a big part of your body. Um, like the stretching routines in the, in the book, uh, Andy, there's a lot of them that are in there. But are there many more choices that are out there, too? Yeah, there's some internet. Now, you've got to be careful, of course, anything you get off the internet. But uh, generally, if it's a, a reputable author, um, someone that, that has an, an MD or a, a PT or an ATC behind their name, certainly, um, that that's a good source. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be exotic. I mean, one of the simplest stretches uh, or excuse me core exercise we use is planks um because they're functional and and what we mean by functional they're in a real world situation um and um you you can do mount climbers out of them you just do prong you do one hand you can do one hand behind your back but it just and when we talk about core we're not only talking about abs we're also again talking about your hips but we're also talking about your extensors and especially for runners having a strong back is important the longer you go the the longer your long runs you'll notice that back is starting to get a little bit sore a little bit sore so planks are just a great way to not only engage your abdominal muscles but also your back and hip muscles as well you're getting everything done at one time yeah and i've noticed Andy, that, that a lot of times people think of core and they think of just abs. They don't think of anything but the abs, and they completely neglect the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we see that all the time. And, and, you know, 
and part of that's just, I, I think, unfortunately, the, the culture of today um, uh, that a lot of young kids, they see all those pictures and you mm-hmm. see all those shirts of all those ripped ads and everybody wants to talk about their six pack. Well, you know what? The the muscles on the back and the side are just as important as that six sure. pack. In fact, you know, if you have a V taper, it makes that core a whole lot stronger because of all the extra you put in. If you have a strong back and your back mu- muscles are are built, and are, then that's going to affect your chest muscles. It's all connected, every bit of that there. You stay away from just hitting the gym and hitting those weights just for mirror muscles. You know, I look, you look good in the mirror. Andy, you mentioned three times a week for about five minutes each session. Is that ideal or is there an optimum way to get a strong core? I, I think that's, that, that's pretty optimal. Um, you, you want to do it at least three times a week. And, and like I said, and, and like Dean said, you know, about that 45 minutes total seems to be um, um, ideal. Um, but, yeah, a, a minimum of three times a week because having a strong core is just so important. So we've talked stretching. We've talked core today, guys, strong core. Anything else you all want to add to that or any other questions for Andy while we got him? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I tend to be the simple one, and I like what Andy said is, you know, sometimes you, you can get on these websites and you see all these exotic things. Keep it simple. Um, like, like we said in the, in the last segment, there's, you can read a lot of things. You can hear a lot of things. There's a lot of debates on the best way to do it. But one thing everybody agrees on is you need to do it. Uh, so keep it simple. Um, and yeah, for core, one of the things as as a therapist, when I would give home exercises, you you, you know you, you could give you could give somebody twenty home exercises, but realistically, what are you going to do? What are you going? What do you have time for? What can you fit into your schedule? And it may only be three or four. So I would usually not give any more unless it was a special circumstance, any more than about five exercises doing them. And the same with core. You, you can go on the internet and you can probably find 200 different exercises and you'd take an hour or longer to get through them. No, you can get everything done, just like Dean said, in about five to ten minutes and just variation off of about four exercises. And you don't have to be at the gym. You nope. don't have to go to the no track. Equipment. Most everybody watches the evening news or their favorite TV show on on the carpet in front, of the in front of the TV, uh, having a planking contest with your six-year-old is a great idea. Mm-hmm. I've tried this last year and was pretty successful, and I'll do a three-minute plank and then a one-minute rest and then a two-minute plank and then a one-minute rest and then a one-minute plank, and usually I'm done at that point, literally. Yeah, if you uh, do that a few times a week, that's, <laughs> yeah, you that's got great. It. All right, guys, um, we've talked about stretching core strength. The only thing left is to get out there and get it done. Dean, how about our quote for the week? The quote of the week this week comes from Abraham Lincoln. Always bear in mind that your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other thing. I tell you what, you take Mitchell's beard and put it on Dean and you'll have Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) That's definitely true. Mitchell, what are the workouts this week? Well, once again, we're going to step it up just a little bit more. If you're feeling good, that's great. Yeah. Don't skip ahead. I know I sound like a broken record there. So this week, we're going to start with that five-minute warm-up walk. You're going to jog for three minutes, walk for 90 seconds. You're going to jog for five minutes. There we go. First time you guys have heard that, and then you're going to walk for two minutes, and you're going to do it again. You're going to jog for another three minutes, walk for 90 seconds, jog for five minutes, walk for three minutes. Again, if you're doing the walking program, anytime it says jog, you're just walking faster. Keep it simple. Uh, The most important thing is get it done. That's right. And hey, get that Run For God app. It's so much easier. It makes this because it tells you when to run and when to walk. And like you mentioned, if you're a walker, just walk faster, okay, during that running portion. And don't forget to journal. That's super important, too. Absolutely. 
All right, guys. Um, the questions are at the end of each chapter. Plan, plan, plan. Make sure you do that. This has been a pretty informative session. If you've made it this far, keep working at it. You're getting close to the halfway to the goal of running a 5K. Anything you guys want to share as we wrap up here? I I'm, guess I'm glad to think you think Dean and I look like Abraham Lincoln. If, if you take your beard and put it on Dean as tall as he is, you I'll got have that, that image give in him, my head all day uh, now. Give him a stovepipe hat, and <laughs> uh, you know, and he'll be good to go. You've been listening to the Run for God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.